You're listening to Just Believe, sponsored by Just Believe Recovery Centers, with your host, Brenda Swift, as she discusses all aspects of addiction, recovery, and sober living. And now, your host of Just Believe, Brenda Swift. Welcome to Just Believe Radio. I am your host, Brenda, and we are here on 900 AM, the talk of the Palm Beaches, Monday through Sunday. And we do have another show on the weekends in New York on uh, 103.9 LI News Radio. And that's Saturday and Sunday at 3 p.m. as well. We have a call in line for those that are interested in talking about anything you hear on the show that uh, sounds familiar. Families that are getting help for loved ones or trying to understand addiction. That number is 877-309-3635. And that's 877-309-3635. And I am quite excited to welcome back to the show a guest that was on a a previous show and shared her experience, strength, and hope, and has more to share about uh, how addiction has worked in her life. I'd like to welcome back to the show Nikki. And one of the things we we had gone into quite a bit of detail on your experience with uh, getting clean and sober, which has just been phenomenal, and you are, what, seven years clean and sober now? Yes. <laughs> and this is also, addiction has also touched your family in, in another way that I know you did want to share so that uh, people thoroughly understand uh, what can happen and, and how to get through that. Um, can you give us a little bit of, of how the situation has, it was your brother that, that you'd been, yeah. okay, can you tell um, us about that? Last year, um, in my addiction, I stopped talking to my family. Like, my family didn't want anything to do with me because of stealing and stuff. So it was about seven years ago that I'd really lost contact with my brother on my dad's side of the family. And um, last year, on February 15th, I got a phone call from my um, family. Well, I got a bunch of phone calls from my family and um, saying that they found my brother dead in his girlfriend's house. And... Uh, my first thing was he was, you know, he drank, he was a drinker. So I thought, well, did he, you know, wreck, you know, driving or something while he was drinking? And um, nobody knew the answers right away. It took like three days before we found out that it was a heroin overdose that uh, took my brother's life. Um, my family didn't even know he was using. They, uh, you know, he didn't like me for the actions that I did in my own addiction. So the last thing they thought it would ever be was heroin. Um, the drug dealer and the girlfriend actually uh, cleaned the scene and waited two hours to call 911. Um, so they left him, like, lay there on the floor pretty much for two hours, then cleaned everything up before they called 911. And they told the police that it was um, a heart attack that he died from. He was only 20 or 40 years old, so they obviously knew something was wrong with that, and it wasn't a heart attack. So... Uh, it's actually being under investigation in the process of going to trial right now. Um, they are holding the drug dealer and my brother's girlfriend accountable for selling the drugs. It was um, intensive deliver, was resulting in homicide. Um, they're both being well on trial for that right now, and um, misdemeanors for um, tampering with evidence, for moving the body and moving the heroin and stuff around. Well, it's it's good that at least something is starting to be done because this is a. A very common thing, you know, that there's even things that I've seen where people talk about, you know, they started using heroin with people, uh, but isn't it phenomenal that every overdose victim is found normally alone? And yeah. um, that, no, so no help was, was um, attempted to even save his life as far as you know. 
you know, um, when they finally did call 911, it took the ambulance three minutes to get there, which um, my biggest thing right now is with Narcan being available to so many um, paramedics and stuff that um, there could have been a possibility that my brother may have been saved with the Narcan, but since it took them two hours to call 911, he was dead whenever they, they arrived, so they couldn't even try the Narcan. And this was, and I'm so sorry for your loss, first of all. Um, it's heartbreaking to not even know that, be aware that there's a problem to get a, give a chance to get any kind of help. Um, mm-hmm. So you really didn't know that he had a problem um, in general in the no. time that you've been in recovery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, he, I mean, I haven't, I didn't talk to him for six years prior to that, so I didn't, like, I didn't see any signs because I didn't see him. You know what I mean? But my family said, that, like, there was nothing really different about him. They didn't notice really anything. When he was um, younger, he played hockey, and he had a lot of knee problems from being the goalie, like constantly slamming his legs down. So it's just one if after another. Maybe he, you know, used heroin because his knees hurt, or maybe he used heroin because, you know, whatever reasons, like, I'm just watching the whole what-ifs right now that we'll never find out. Of course. And it's hard to watch, you know, my mom and dad go through that every single day, and then it brings up emotions for me because, you know, that could have been me, you know, or, you know, I just saw a lot of guilt that I could have helped him or I could have tried to save him, but I didn't even know about it, so... Absolutely. And you are listening to Just Believe Radio. If you're just joining us, uh, we have a guest on the line today that's been on a previous show and shared her experience, strength and hope with us, Nikki. And um, she's reaching out to the families and and those um, still in addiction to to let people know um, the death of her brother has been a huge change and something to get through in recovery. Uh, And Narcan is such a, a good point to bring up because the there are changes uh, happening all over the country where mothers can actually and families can actually be armed with with Narcan. This is a drug that can uh, can pull somebody out of an overdose. Basically, is the simplest way to explain it. Um, and what type of what type of things are you are you wanting people to to understand about um, the loss of your brother? What would you like them to? to absorb from your experience that, that you weren't able to see at the time that it was happening? From my experience, um, not like watching my mom and my dad, I'd like to tell the parents not to blame themselves because my mom and dad constantly are blaming, like, what if I did this or I didn't do this enough or, you know what I mean, stuff like that. And um, I just want to tell the parents it's nothing that you did wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's, don't blame yourself for your children having an addiction because, we're just wired like that, you know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not your fault. You didn't raise, you know, there's people that come from fabulous homes that they have the wonderful parents ever, and they're still addicts, you know what I mean? So it's not anything that they did wrong for their kids to die. Absolutely not, and, and that's one of the things. We have a, a movie producer coming on the show in the next few days that is also uh, making movies about how, Addiction is hitting every segment of the population. It doesn't matter um, if they're affluent homes, if they're, you know, your your homes that you expect drug addiction to come out of because that's the history. It makes absolutely no difference that um, what the changes are going on right now 
is um, doing a lot of times is to keep people from dying when they're in the addiction. And one mm-hmm. of the things that we try to try to point out on the show more than anything is that where there's life, there's hope and how important yep. it is to continue to try no matter how how hopeless it seems. Um, the fact that uh, there are so many different ways to start to get help for people is so important. Of course, when you're aware of it, if you if you don't see it while it's happening, there's really not much you can do. But if you do have any questions and, and you think that somebody may be in trouble, uh, just start to ask some questions with a professional. Separate yourself from your everyday uh, patterns. The number is 877-309-3635. A lot of times we start to see things that don't quite sit right. You know, you have that kind of sixth sense that, oh, that doesn't quite sound right. And then we talk ourselves out of that there's a problem with somebody we love. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times when we're having those those feelings that, that they don't seem quite themselves, uh, that it's important to talk to somebody outside of the family to get an idea of could this be something uh, before we actually approach the, the person that we love because a lot of times how we approach it makes all the difference in the world. Now, you had oh, mentioned yeah. on a previous show that uh, your grandma was, was integral in you getting help. Um, now, did you actually go to her and ask for the help or was uh, was that all part of uh, her enabling changed at some point? Well, how did that situation work? She, um, after I relapsed, after the first time going through the 28-day program, she kind of picked up on it, and she started going to her own meetings, which helped parents and, you know what I mean, loved ones to not enable anymore and to not be so codependent and kind of let us, like, let me have to, like, explore on my own and not, you know, pay for all. They taught her not to pay for my stuff, not to enable me anymore. And um, that's when she really cracked down. She wouldn't pay for anything for me anymore, and I really had to grow up and realize, you know, Okay, you know, um, you know, at that time I was twenty, twenty some years old. I was like, I'm not a kid anymore. I really got to be an adult, kind of. And that's the biggest thing is that when uh, the families do try to cover up for or keep the the one using from their consequences, whether it's by money or getting them out of legal situations or whatever the situation is. Uh, that's where they are part of the problem. Um, we become mm-hmm. part of the problem, scared to death that, that if we don't do anything, it's uh, going to end their life, that they're going to make a choice that that is going to take them out of our lives. And the reality is that they're going to make those choices anyway. We don't have mm-hmm. any control over, over what choice uh, an addict makes, but what we do have control over is whether or not we contribute to them suffering the consequences that actually get to to the point of getting help like you did. Mm-hmm. Now, you had talked about also that um, once once grandma stopped paying for and you had to see all the different consequences that you went into a, a longer-term treatment program that actually helped you to have the seven years of, of sobriety that you have now. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. So- now, we are going to take a quick break and then and get back into um, more of, of the uh, show and Nikki's story and, and how she's worked through all of these things. Uh, we'll be right back. At Just Believe Recovery Center, their highly trained staff has a combined 50 years in recovery and is certified to help with each client's individual needs. The program at Just Believe Recovery Center brings those suffering from addiction and their families the understanding needed to begin healing from the devastation and begin the path to a new and fulfilling life in recovery. 
The staff understands what addiction has done to your family and that no one chooses to become sick. At Just Believe Recovery Center, with a therapeutic process and a caring staff that understands addiction, their clients can choose to become well. Go to JustBelieveRadio.com for more details and call their 24-hour hotline today, 877-309-3635. That's 877-309-3635 for caring guidance and an end to the pain of addiction now. Just believe there is another chance and call 877-309-3635 today. Welcome back to Just Believe, sponsored by Just Believe Recovery Centers, with your host, Brenda Swift, as she discusses all aspects of addiction, recovery, and sober living. Now, back to your host, Brenda Swift. Welcome back to Just Believe Radio. I'm your host, Brenda, and we're here 900 a.m. The Talk of the Palm Beach is Monday through Sunday, 3 p.m., and weekend, Saturday and Sunday on 103.9 LI News in New York. And we have a guest back on the show. I'd like to welcome back Nikki. Thank you. And now Nikki is is you're sharing a, a tremendous amount of of information and experience. You've been through so much and have such a a wonderful story to share that I think enlightens a lot of people. Uh, as far as what you're trying to do right now uh, in recovery, what does what does seven years bring you? At, at this point, a lot of people think, well, it should be easy. You should know what you're doing. You don't have any problems. Life is great, right? Uh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I um I have to maintain every single day of my, like, that just that I am an addict. You know what I mean? I might be in recovery, but the day I forget where I came from, I'm going to be using again. So I'm constantly, you know, reading my textbooks and, you know, talking to other people in recovery. My big thing is I surround myself with people in recovery because they understand what it's like. They don't judge. And nine times out of ten, they've been through the same exact thing you've been through. So it's really easier to relate to people who, for me, who have also been through the same thing. That way you're not justifying why you did this or, you know, why this happened and stuff. Oh, absolutely. And that that's so huge and such a gift, actually. I thought, oh, yeah. I'm sure you did, uh, that that we were the only people on the planet that could be as screwed up as we were doing what we were doing. Uh-huh. And then we find out that we're one of millions and that uh, yep. generally we all think about the same. And mm-hmm. we actually learn to laugh at the thinking that we yep. have because it is it it doesn't make sense to normal people. And uh, we also, I've, I've heard a number of different people at times say, you know, well, you've been doing this for so long without any kind of drugs or alcohol. Can't you just have one drink? <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> and my mind will go, time. yeah. Well, we're going to the bar. Can't you just have one or just drink Coke? And I tell them all the time, for me, I can't go into a bar and drink Coke. I could go maybe drink one Coke, but that one Coke's going to turn into a Coke with rum or, you know what I mean? And then... Next thing you know, I'm going to have to, I always say I'm allergic to alcohol because I break out in handcuffs. There you that go. Was, there that you was go. always my saying to help me. Remember, I can't, you know, just drink one beer because it doesn't work that way. No, and that's that's what we get together on a consistent basis in the 12-step programs and remind ourselves of, that we do have to keep it uppermost in our mind that this is where our thinking will return because the the funny part is when somebody says can't you just have one drink my mind goes oh well gee couldn't I just have one drink (laughs) but I know better I already know better the question's still there though because that addiction still works on us yep oh yeah 
And I've learned that it's not even just addiction to drugs anymore. Like, I have to watch myself with, when I first got clean, um, food became my addiction. Like, I substituted drugs for food. I would constantly, I gained like 50 pounds my first year of recovery because I would just eat and eat and eat and eat. And then I had to use, I pretty much used a 12-step program to help me realize that that's not healthy either. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still doing bad damage to my body. So I had a bad problem of substituting one addiction for another addiction because, you know, well, it wasn't drugs, so I'm okay. And of course. <laughs> right, and what we don't realize is that we're we're still finding ways to shut off our feelings, that we'll get uh. a bunch of feelings and that we don't understand. We're not, not quite willing to work through the things we have to work through in order to get to that point. And, and actually realizing it's a process that we absorb that we need more work as time goes mm. on. Like the, uh, they talk about the onion peeling, that, that we get to d- deeper issues as they come up. But a lot exactly. of that's a lot of what, uh, what happens for people is they get uh, sidetracked on other addictions, work, sex, food, anything mm-hmm. in ever- gambling, of course, shopping. And um, that ends up to become such a big problem that it's, that it's creating issues in their lives. And, and um, the 12-step programs, again, and, and the counselors that are available are always, always an opportunity to stop that pattern before it gets too terribly bad. Uh, again, the, the call-in number for anyone that is interested in speaking to somebody about their addiction is 877-309-3635. And uh, basically what what you do on a consistent basis is do you still go to meetings and that type of thing? Yes, I do. It's what keeps me humble. I have to. Um, plus, I like helping. Like, I don't look at it as, like, if I see somebody relapse or anything, I don't judge that. That's when I feel like that's my biggest time to step up and be like, this person needs help, you know what I mean? And you don't know people's personal experiences at home and stuff. They might not have anybody. So I feel I'm that one that likes to take everybody under the wing and help them. <laughs> there you go. And you have so much to offer the people that, that are coming in and trying the trial and error to see if they really do have to stay in, in long-term recovery. Uh, and you make a really good point on knowing that uh, people will – on occasion relapse and that there's always going to be people that are needed to reach out. My, uh, You reminded me of what my sponsor had said is when I w- couldn't understand why people didn't just stop. You know, in my head, you just stop and this is it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, she said, Brenda, the miracle is when an alcoholic stops drinking, when an addict stops using and, yep. and is able to stop on a, on a permanent or a daily basis so that uh-huh. – being able to have that compassion for people that are still struggling is so, so critical and, and be able to not judge, like you said. Was that something you learned early on or was it just being able to put yourself in their shoes? Um, at first, when I first got clean, um, I was more selfish. Like, uh, it was all about my recovery. You know what I mean? Like, and it didn't really work for me. I learned the more I helped other people, the better my recovery was. You know what I mean? And um, I would see so many people relapse and then be ashamed to come back to, like, the programs and stuff because they didn't want to admit they relapsed. And my biggest thing was supporting them through their relapses because I've relapsed, you know. And I always say it's not the end of the world. You made a mistake. You learn from it. You move on. And now you know that you can't drink if you're a crack addict or a heroin addict. You know what I mean? Like, you live and you learn. 
and you just keep sticking with it. You can't dwell on it or, you know, consume yourself with it because you won't get clean if you consume yourself with that guilt and stuff. Absolutely. And the relapse is such a big thing, especially with, with uh, drug addiction. I've I've dealt with a lot of people in the different treatment centers that I worked at that, like you said, are scared to come back. They they don't want to, you know, tail between their legs and, and think that it's such a horrendous thing that they, they didn't continue the things that worked. Most of the time I hear that it's it's the same type of thing, that we get back the things that we lost, we get the girl, we get the house, we get all of those things, and, and everything starts to look normal, so we don't keep doing the things that we need to do. Has that been what you've witnessed with most of the ones that do go back out? Yeah, I do. I um, I don't beat yourself up over it. You know what I mean? Like, that's my biggest thing is that, you know, people have mistakes, and it's not the end of the world. Just, you know, don't dwell on it. Don't keep using, like, you need to pick yourself up. You need to call somebody, and you need to get involved with somebody. Don't prolong it. Don't say, I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll do it tomorrow, because tomorrow is never going to come. You're going to continue to use over and over, or, you know, like my brother, die from it. So it's not, you know, there's no just man up and, you know, pretty much admit to the fact that you relapse. Don't prolong it even longer. Absolutely, and it doesn't get any better. And like you said there, that just one more can be the last one that you, you ever do. Um, exactly. Yes, and and one of the things that um, we talked about initially was was how important it is to stay keyed into all of the people that are thinking and doing the same thing that we're doing. And I found it really important to, to point out again how you, you mentioned about sitting in bars and places that uh, we think we should be immune to after a while in recovery. And that's how a lot of people that I've seen uh, end up being uh, in the same position all over again. And uh, to not um, basically to stay connected to the people that are doing the same thing we're doing. If we connect Mm -hmm. back to the people that are doing the things we used to do, we'll end up doing the things we used to do. (laughs) Now, we are getting close to the end of the show. Um, I know you, you did want to carry a message about what had happened with your brother. Would you like to take the last couple of minutes here and, and reach out to the families and and let them know what they need to do? I just want to say that drugs don't discriminate, and it can happen to anybody's child. Um, my big thing is also if you're using with somebody and somebody is overdosing, don't leave them. Call 911. It can be anonymous. You know, you don't have to give your name. Do whatever, you know, that's it. Just give that person a chance to live. You know what I mean? Don't just leave them. And um, if you see warning signs or you're suspicious at all about, you know, your child or a loved one using, confront them about that. You know what I mean? Get help. I'd rather be safe than sorry. You know what I mean? Because you not saying anything or doing anything could let them continue on a path of destruction. And that's such a good point. As It's better to, to speak to somebody and not... And be wrong than it is to have to live with not ever following that that little gut instinct that you have that something's wrong. Um, and again, we do have the hotline for people that are, are wanting more information about how to talk to somebody they love and how to set whatever is needed to get them help. And that's 877-309-3635. And it's uh, 
I, I just really love that that point that you made at the end there about how important it is to to say something that because as codependents mm-hmm. and, and enablers it's very difficult when you see something that's wrong you don't want to upset them you don't want to uh, make waves you certainly don't want to do anything that'll that'll make them drink or drug again and and realizing exactly. that that's not we don't have that power to make someone do that um, they're gonna do nope. it regardless what yep. we do have the power to do is exactly what you're talking about is is being able to find a way to talk to them and approach it and let it out of the dark, bring it out into the light and have a conversation about it. Exactly. So, Nikki, thank you so, so much for being on both shows. You carry a very oh. powerful message on both ends that there is hope and that there Thanks. is also a a chance to make a difference in those that are still struggling with addiction right now. And again, my, my sincerest sympathies on the loss of your brother. And I'm very grateful that you're wanting to carry the message that you are that could help save lives. Thank you very much. And you are listening to Just Believe Radio. We're here on 900 AM. The talk of the Palm Beach is Monday through Saturday at 3 PM and on LI News uh, Radio Long Island, New York. Saturday and Sunday at 3 p.m. as well. And if addiction is stealing your dreams, just believe there is another chance.